Welcome to the Choose Life Radio Network. Your host is Jill Taylor. Every week we bring you a candid conversation with someone who's making a difference for the cause of life. And now here's Jill to introduce today's guest on Choose Life Radio. Welcome to Choose Life Radio. I'm Jill Taylor. It's my joy to be your host today and our returning guest, J.J. Jasper. If you missed last week's interview, I double dare you to go back and listen to that precious story. It's the story of their son, Samuel Cooper Jasper. And see if you can find a copy of that book, Losing Cooper, in your library or favorite bookstore. It's for sure a powerful book that you can share with others struggling with great loss. Today, I'm hoping to hear more of your family story, JJ, to learn about the documentary DVD that would be available for those going through their own grief and your support in your work and your family. Would you share the verse that you use in Psalm 34:18? I don't have the verse in front of me, but it's the verse where God comforts those who are hurting. And there are so many places in the Bible where we see that God shows up and reveals himself. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. He was the fourth man in the fire. Joseph was in the pit. He was misunderstood. His motives were questioned. He was betrayed, abandoned. But God was faithful to be there with Joseph. He was with Daniel in the lion's den, and he'll be with you no matter what you're facing. Divorce doesn't define you. Financial reversal, that's not the end of your story. Even death doesn't define you because God is so real and he is so able to help and redeem and and that's what he's done in our life. We're not the only family that has suffered, but at the time when we had four children, three little girls and one little boy, and our only son died in a tragedy and an accident on our family farm, we just thought it was all over. But God is so gracious and so incredible that he's the hero in our story, and he can be the hero in your story as well. If you'll just continue to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, it's all about Jesus. It's not what we've done, it's what Jesus did, because he never sinned, and he lived his life, and willingly went to the cross to pay the penalty for our death, and after three days he rose from the dead. It's because of the life and the death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we have hope, And people aren't just in need of hope. These days, they're desperate for hope. I love the flowing of words that come from your mouth that are Bible words, words that Jesus spoke. And you are talking about the importance of understanding that you're a child of God. Listener, you're a child of God. I'm a child of God. JJ is a child of God. And Cooper was a child of God. And in all of our living work that we do, we find that God can be approached, whether it's our pain, whether it's our joy, whether it's sticking through a difficult marriage, whether it's dealing with someone who's blasphemous in what you're facing. There are so many examples of where we want to give up and get mad and really turn away from God. But your circumstances, losing your precious son, Cooper, a wonderful story. And I do invite my listener to go back and listen to it last week because last week's interview was so articulate about what took place. Today, we are talking now again with the father of this precious child. 
and he's sharing scripture with us. Don't you love that? I think you were quoting from Psalm 34, 18 just then, and you said, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And I'm pretty sure that a listener or two are placing themselves in that brokenheartedness right now. Would you speak to them about the gift that they have in Scripture? Mm. Thank you for that, Jill. That's a great question. In 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The Bible's alive. It's not like any other book. And if you need comfort or encouragement or hope or wisdom, if you're asking for God to lead, guide, and direct you, if you are like me and you need more faith, I need more faith. Well, Romans 10:17 says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It's food for our inner man. And so just like if we don't eat well, if we miss a few meals, or if we start to eat junk food, you feel a little lethargic, and you can't focus, and you feel weak, that's the same thing that happens if you're not reading your Bible, if you're not attending church regularly. And so when we had our darkest day, the worst tragedy in our life ever, when our only son died, every night we would sit at the kitchen table as a family and we would read our Bible or we would open cards and oftentimes they would have a Bible verse. And that's what Bowie does. That's what helped us. And then people say, how have you managed to stay strong in your marriage, stay strong as a family? You're not bitter or angry. God, you haven't turned to drugs or alcohol. Well, God gets the credit. He gets the glory because we're just like anybody else. We're weak and we just had to depend and rely on him. But it was the the word of God. It was prayer. We we read our Bible when we, we didn't want to. We prayed when we didn't feel like it. And we got up and went to church when it was the last thing we wanted to do because we had so many unanswered questions and experienced the anger and the depression and everything that everybody goes through, those natural stages of grief. And I think you just defined what the body of Christ is. When you talk about going to church and being surrounded by others who understand, who believe, who trust in God— and who want to be there with you because of that relationship scripturally. You're defining for our listener what it is to be a Christian, to be a believer, to be a person who goes to church when they don't really feel like going to church because there might be somebody there that needs to see their smile. I just can't get over how hard that would be to do necessarily right away after losing a child, and yet you had people in your home, almost right away, and wanting to know what they could do to help. Can you explain how that felt to you to have people coming around you and saying, what can we do? Or just naturally picking up the things that needed to be done and doing them? Well, C.S. Lewis said we need to be reminded more often than we need to be taught. And we were reminded of the power of prayer God hears and answers prayers. When we were too weak or too depressed to pray for ourselves, we knew others were praying for us, and we could almost feel it. It was almost like getting a warm blanket out of the dryer and wrapping it around us. The power of God's Word, we talked about that, the importance of the body of Christ. We saw the church in action, Jill, from small gestures of kindness to larger ones, every Every card, every meal, every text, every thoughtful act made a difference and had an impact in our time of of suffering. But God's sovereign 
for those of you that are very raw and you're grieving, maybe you're like we were. We it was it was difficult to breathe. It felt like there was a band around our chest. Or for those of you that have been to the beach, the ocean, especially when you're small, a wave knocks you down and you almost get up. Then another wave knocks you down and you you haven't really gotten your breath. And then another wave and another wave and it even spins you around in the sand. That's the way it was with us. But God is sovereign. Our darkest day did not catch God by surprise. We still don't have all the answers, but we just try our best to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ because he's the potter, we're the clay. He's the shepherd, we're the sheep. God has a purpose and a plan. And again, even our darkest day did not catch him by surprise. So Lord, help us come to the place where we can pray, not my will, but thy will be done. We're reminded, too, that we're mortals. We're here in this world. We don't need all the answers right now. We are going to know all of it when we, when we arrive in heaven, and, and that'll be God's gift to us. Hey, talk to me a little bit about your spouse, Melanie. I, I'm fascinated with her, but don't know her very well from our first interview. And often marriages don't survive a loss like this. Well, Melanie is amazing. She's gorgeous. She's godly. She's a true Proverbs 31 woman. She was the first one to wake up in the house, the last one to go to bed. We have seven children. She's given birth to all seven. And uh, <laughs> wow. she's, she's athletic. I mean, she, I could just go, this could be a, a Melanie infomercial. <laughs> but one of the best gifts that she gave me was because it was my idea to buy the farm my idea to buy the dune buggy. I was actually driving when the dune buggy turned over, flipped over, and our only son died. You can imagine blame and guilt and regret, and I know something about that. And Melanie, her first words were, this was an accident. Nobody nobody loves their children more than you do. This was an accident. And when I was just having a meltdown, she just repeated that over and over. And from the time that the accident happened July the 17th, 2009, and to this day, she has never, not once, brought that up. She's not thrown that in my face. She's not, you know, if she did something, uh, a big blunder, she didn't say, well, at least I didn't allow one of our children to die. She has just offered that forgiveness. In fact, I wrote a, a chapter titled Forgiveness in the book Losing Cooper, Finding Hope to Grieve Well. And I've had so many people say that was their favorite chapter. They got more out of that because we just talk about how she was the judge and the jury. I was in a prison cell of guilt and regret, and she had the key, and she could let me out or keep me there. But she banged the gavel and said, you're free. <laughs> you're completely forgiven. And at one point, about two or three days after the accident, when I was having a meltdown about every hour, our oldest daughter, who... Because she was the oldest, we made all our mistakes on her. And I was probably a little too stern and, you know, would just play 20 questions. If she broke something, well, where were you standing? Well, how were you holding it? Why were you so clumsy? And I was having a meltdown, and our oldest daughter, Lauren, crossed the room, grabbed me by the shoulders, and choked me and and yelled at me and said, Dad, you got to snap out of this. It was an accident. You're not going to be any good to us if you can't allow God to forgive you and forgive yourself. This was an accident. Accidents happen. You didn't do this on purpose. And I surged forward uh, after her doing that. But my wife, Melanie, her forgiveness and sweet spirit and faithfulness and the same with the, our kids and 
you know, the Lord just used a lot of things to really help me move forward. Well, you're leaving us with a lot to talk about on the next half. We're going to take a very quick break right here on Choose Life Radio and come right back with J.J. Jasper. So it's January 2023. I want to make you aware of a great opportunity extended to Choose Life Radio in celebration of the new year. An anonymous contributor who believes deeply in this ministry has committed to a matching gift of 25000 throughout the month of January. This donor couple is matching dollar for dollar every gift given to Choose Life Radio during January. Your gift of $50 becomes 100 Your contribution this month for 1000 becomes 2000 more. Whatever you give will be doubled. Time is of the essence, so please send your gift right now. You can make your gift using your debit or credit card at chooseliferadio.com. Just tap the donate button on the upper right corner of the page and follow the prompts. Or you can mail your check today to Choose Life Radio Network, P.O. Box 36622, Canton, Ohio 44735. May the Lord bless you as you double your gift in support of life. Welcome back to Choose Life Radio. I'm Jill Taylor, your host today, and our guest is J.J. Jasper. Please go back to look at chooseliferadio.com and find this interview. Share it with someone. And for yourself, I would say this is something that if you're ever feeling like, I did a terrible thing, I blew that, I want you to take this as your go-to to go back and understand how much God loves you and how forgiven we are the minute we fold back into his arms. And that's what we're talking about right now with J.J. Jasper. J.J., thank you for being our guest today. This is just a, a gift to me. I'm so grateful. Jill, I'm so thankful for you and, and your husband, Howard, and Choose Life Radio, and this radio station, this opportunity to uh, share hope with our listeners. I want to piggyback on something you said one of the things that I struggled with after the accident of our son, the death of our only son at the time on our farm, is I wanted to know what point in the timeline, you know, if I hadn't bought the dune buggy, this never would have happened. And then I thought, well, if I hadn't bought the farm, we wouldn't be in this dark, deep hole of despair. Then I thought, well, if Melody and I had never married and had children, we wouldn't be suffering. So then you can go all the way back to if your parents had never met and married, and you can drive yourself crazy like that, and I struggled with that. I just wanted to go to the timeline and push pause and find a place where I could assign the blame. Well, when I was writing Losing Cooper, Finding Hope to Grieve Well, I thought, if I'm struggling with this, so what about the person that went back in the house to get one more thing, or they couldn't find their keys, and that made them five minutes late, then they... They had that accident at the intersection where someone was killed in the car. And now I'm sure I'm not the only person that struggled with that. You said, if I'd only gone a different way to work, I, you know, I didn't go the normal way or all those little things. And listen, you can drive yourself crazy with that. You've got to stop. That's not going to help. You can't unring a bell. What's happened in the past is done, whether it was five minutes ago or five years ago. I do want to share something that one of my best friends, who's also a pastor, he shared at our graveside service after we had the celebration of life for Cooper. Then the immediate family went to the cemetery and there at the graveside service, this pastor friend of mine, Steve Hallman, said, 
in the coming weeks and months, people with good intentions will tell you in time you'll get over this. But unfortunately, that's not true. It's not accurate. You're never going to get over it. This is not a wound that will heal. This is an amputation. And just like someone's lost an arm or leg or hand or foot, you have to find a new way to do life. So this is not a wound that will heal. This is an amputation. And you'll never get over it. You will get through it with the Lord's help. By God's grace, you'll get through it, but you'll never get over it. Wow, that is a very good application to what we think we're going to fix by just getting over it. And the truth of the matter is, it's part of us. It's part of our history. It's part of our mind. It's part of our heart. I think of that when I think of my husband's parents. They died within three days of each other. We miss them. We talk about them all the time, way more than we did when they were living here. And that's a good way to remember them. And I would encourage you, listener, to consider that. Don't shut the door on something that matters to you and say, I'm never going to think about it again. It'll hurt too much because it'll hurt. (laughs) It will continue to hurt, but you aren't dealing with it. Therefore, it's going to hurt even more. Well, it's a unique journey. Uh, You noticed, you and Howard, people grieve in different ways. There's no rule book, no time frame, no judgment. Grief is as individual as a fingerprint. We just encourage people to please take as long as you need and grieve in a way that is appropriate for you as long as you're not harming yourself or others. Some people go to the cemetery every single day. Some people can't bear to go. My wife and I married, living in the same house, sleeping in the same bed. We grieve in different ways. And she said with each month that went by, time doesn't heal like people say, but it does cause the waves to be more spaced out and less intense. And with each passing month, it got a little easier for me. Melanie said the second year was harder for her than the first, which I can't even fathom. As brutal and cruel as the grieving was, I cannot imagine year two being more difficult than year one. So different people grieve in different ways. You know, you wrote a chapter in your book. I want to take a peek at this with you in your book that you wrote, Losing Cooper, about storms of life. And it was chapter, I think, 13 or 14, starting with a quote from one of my favorite authors. You used C.S. Lewis's quote, God whispers in our pleasure, but shouts in our pain. Yes. Someone has suggested there are three phases of life. You're headed into a storm. You're currently in a storm or you're coming out of a storm. And that quote that you just shared from C.S. Lewis, God whispers in our pleasure but shouts in our pain. We shared the story from Matthew 7 where we know the song and we know the story about the wise man who built his house on the rock, the foolish man built his house on the sand. And you remember that the, the rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house. But for both of the men, Storms of life came, so the storms of life are inevitable. It rains on the just and the unjust alike. Someone has once said, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, the older I get, especially, I'm convinced you can't go from the cradle to the grave without some disappointment, without some trials, without some temptations. And so if you know that's going to happen, if you know, if you have elderly grandparents or elderly parents, you know you're going to get that dreaded phone call. Well, then we can get to a place where our faith is strong in the Lord and we won't get bitter or angry at God and shake our fists and say, I'll never go back to church. You allowed my grandmother to die. 
Well, we know that the storms of life are inevitable. It's not a matter of if something may happen, but when. And it's an intimate question and an intimate answer because each one of us handle things differently. Literally, we might hear in our mind that it's going to be okay, but our heart's hurting. And that's something that we need to share with each other and find a way. You know, I love, too, that to bring into the church this issue that we must go to our pastor. We must share with people who we sit next to in church, and we must let them be a part of our healing as well. God wants his community to surround us in this pain. Mm, That's so well said. Wise words, Jill. Did that apply for you and yours? Did you have meals coming to you? Did you have people stopping and praying with you? Tell me a little bit about that. We did, but we also struggled like you. Uh, Melanie is a very private person and didn't want to really open up. I'm more of a public person. And just like if you go back a, a few years, we actually struggled after we got married with infertility. And we went three, three and a half years unable to have a baby And then we had a small group, and several of the gals were expecting, and they jokingly said, when are you guys going to get with the program? And we had gone month to month getting our hopes up just to have our hopes dashed. And so then when we said, we should have asked for you guys to pray, but it's funny how the people you're closest to, you don't let them know when you're hurting the most. And then they asked if Melanie would sit in a chair, and they surrounded her and laid hands on her and prayed for her. And the next time we gathered she was expecting. And so God hears and answers prayers. Now, someone might say, now that we have seven children, they may say, be careful what you pray for. (laughs) (laughs) But we are passionately pro-life, and uh, we didn't think we could be more pro-life until our son died. And that old adage, you don't know what you have until it's gone. And so then as a pro-life family, it just took it to the whole next level. We know that life is precious, but it's also fragile. And we encourage our friends, turn off the TV, get down on the floor, play with your children, play with your grandchildren, because it's true what they say. You really don't know when's going to be your last opportunity to say, I love you to someone you care about. And I'd love to be sure that anyone who's related to a pregnancy center listening to this interview, J.J. Jasper will come and speak at your banquet or your event I don't believe there's a story that could possibly be more touching about life than this one. And I'm sure that uh, you, JJ, know how to really open that up and talk to people about the importance of not choosing abortion, choosing life, even if that's an adoption choice, etc. Those are things that are life-giving rather than ending the life and always wondering, what did I do? Who was that child? Where would they be now? Those are the questions that people ask in their mind and their heart when they have chosen abortion. Amen. We're fearfully and wonderfully made, knitted together in our mother's womb. And as you mentioned, I've I've spoken just this year in Kansas and Illinois and Missouri and Arkansas, uh, New Mexico, Texas, and just it's one of my favorite things to do. There's not a nicer group of people than the pro-life community They have a heart for the sanctity of human life, and they treat those frightened women with dignity and respect and share the gospel and offer the hope. And and it's a, a real privilege to be a frequent speaker at pregnancy resource centers across the country. How can they reach you? JJJasper.com. 
jjjasper.com. And, you know, I made mention that we have seven children. There's a pro-life story. We have a special needs child. After our son Cooper died, the Lord blessed us, and our daughter Casey James was born. And then when we just knew, quote, unquote, we were through having children, we were shocked when Melanie said, I'm expecting, and we went to the doctor, and they said, well, you don't just have one baby on the way, you have two. So we've got twins, a little boy and a little girl, and our little boy has Down syndrome, and he makes us laugh every single day. So when I share the different layers of our pro-life message, it seems to resonate with those at banquets and events for pregnancy resource centers. As we draw to a close with this amazing interview, JJ, I want to thank you for your vulnerability I want our listener to know that this intimate, private, personal interview was with just three people. I was the questioner. You were the responder, JJ. And our listener, you are the benefactor of all that was shared today. I want to thank you for listening. And I would love to hear from you at chooseliferadio.com. Your prayers and your financial support are so needed. And you, J.J., thank you for the time you have given us today and last week. Thank you for what you do with Choose Life Radio. We're so grateful for this radio station that's airing this. And all of you in the pro-life community, the directors, volunteers, thank you for bringing diapers, donating money, volunteering. You know, since Roe v. Wade, some people think, oh, it's over. It's a done deal. It's settled. No, instead of one battle, now there are 50 battles. So the Pregnancy Resource Center in your community, they may need your help now more than ever. Well, thank you, sweet listener, for traveling with us this week. And I invite you back next week right here at Choose Life Radio. The preceding program was sponsored by the Choose Life Radio Network of Canton, Ohio.